0: Greetings. Welcome back to Sick Flick. I'm so happy to be back. And I'm so glad that you are joining me. Um, Today's episode is going to be very chill, very relaxed. I am tired (laughs) from these last few weeks. And so I just need I just need to like sit back and have a chill episode this week. Um, It's raining outside. So we're super chill. My hair is what it is. I plan on washing it right after this. I'm in my Tinkerbell pajamas. So our topic for this episode is also going to be pretty chill. Like I said, there's no watching assignment this week. So we're just going to be talking about some of my underrated faves. But first, I want to talk about two things that I haven't in the industry thus far. The first one is from our our, our, our girl, our queen, our sis. Beyonce, she dropped the trailer for her new film, Black is King, that is coming out soon. So she debuted the trailer um, for Black is King, and it is going to be a visual album based on slash including question mark, some of the songs from the Lion King soundtrack or the just kind of Lion King soundtrack in general. So I think it's going to also be in relation to a lot of the music videos she did for the songs on that soundtrack, if you know what I'm saying. um. So yeah, it's going to be a visual album. It's not going to be a film per se, but it is going to be a film. It's also going to be on Disney Plus, which does make sense since that it is based off of the Lion King and the Lion King soundtrack. I don't know. I do not support Disney right now. I'm not supporting Disney Plus. Um I do not like what they're doing. So, I don't know if I'm going to watch it. If you have Disney Plus, then, you know, you can definitely watch it when it comes out. I don't know what I'm going to do, but we'll figure it out when we get there. It is directed, produced, and written by Beyoncé herself. So, we love a versatile queen. And it's going to come out July 31st. So again, if you have Disney Plus by that time, I guess you can definitely go check it out. We're going to figure out what we got to do on this end to avoid Disney Plus. But yeah, we're excited for it. We're excited. And the second thing that we're going to be quickly talking about is the Coen brothers are not brothers anymore. It's crazy. I didn't think it could happen. They decided to split on an upcoming project. It will actually just be directed by Joel Cohen, if you know the difference between the two. (laughs) Um, This uh, upcoming film, it is a a A24 drama, so already excited for it. Um, And it's going to be titled The Tragedy of Macbeth, again, based on the Macbeth story that we all know and love and see time and time again so the reason for this split is actually really pretty simple um Ethan the other brother he just didn't want to do it so I guess Joel just felt really compelled to do this project and they end up separating this or separating for this project I don't think anybody thinks that it's going to be like the end of them doing projects together this particular project um it's not the two of them you know this is the first project that they have not done together and they have been making movies I think f- f- for 30 40 years now so yeah the production for it started a while ago and it was actually almost completely finished until Mr. Rona came um so it's kind of been halted since then They don't have an announcement for when it's going to come out. Again, I think just because of with everything going on. But yeah, it's also supposed to star Denzel Washington and Frances McDormand. I think that's how you pronounce it as um, some lead roles. So whenever it does come out, check it out. Uh, we already stand because it's gonna be an A twenty four film, and we're a slave for A twenty four. Oh my gosh, embarrassing! But yes, with that being said, let's get on to the actual episode. I guess let's get on to the content of this episode, and we're gonna be talking about some underrated faves. Now, underrated can be taken very loosely. I guess you could say. Um, to some degree, I think these are underrated period because they're independent films. We know that we just do not do like big blockbuster movies. That's, we just, that's not us, you know, that's not me. So everything I talk about almost always is going to be an independent film. This isn't, this is no different. But even in the independent world, some of these movies you might say are not that underrated. And so my classification for underrated films, I either think that not enough people have seen them or not enough people have appreciated them or they're movies that might not be critically acclaimed that I just really love. And no, we're not going to be talking about Art School Confidential. I will save you on that one for now. But the others, this is what I'll be talking about. Um, The first that I want to discuss is Mud. Mud came out, I think, around the 2012, 13, 14 era, maybe more 2013, 14. And it stars My Good sis. Matthew McConaughey it also stars Reese Witherspoon and Ty Sheerden I think that's how you pronounce it um I would like to say that it might have been his debut role at least was a debut for me but yeah those are really like the three main people I think in the movie um and it is my personal favorite Matthew McConaughey role it is also his by his Instagram's account <laughs> Um, I started following him when I became recently re-obsessed with him after watching True Detective, and he did this thing, or he does this thing on his Instagram from time and time, from time to time, from time to time, I think that's a saying, but yeah, he does this thing on his Instagram where he discusses some of the various roles that he's played, um, in different regards and when I found out that he was doing that I was like please do like please talk about mud and he eventually talked about it and he himself said that it was his favorite role that he's done and I think that that says something and I think that also goes to show how underrated it is because I feel like so many people do not like have not seen this movie or don't know about it at all but it is such a great movie, and his performance in it is particularly fantastic. Um, it's about it's about these two boys; they're like twelve, thirteen ish, and they live in like this very ink small western town, kind of sort of not really, like very like swampy Florida. Ask you know what I'm saying, and so they live in like this kind of rundown town, and they come across this boat by this like massive lake, and they think that it's abandoned, but it's not. It's being occupied by Mud Matthew McConaughey's character, um, and they meet Mud, and they find out that he is kind of like I think a vigilante, and on the on the run criminal. But his main purpose or his, like, what he wants to do is he wants to kind of be reunited with this, like, long-lost love, which is Reese Witherspoon's character. And so he he kind of makes a pact with these boys that if they help him get and find his long-lost love, that he will give them um, his boat. And this goes on a whole thing where, you know, they are stealing supplies for him food um they're relaying messages they kind of get wrapped up in this crazy manhunt as well because like I said he is uh on the run criminal um uh, and it's just yeah it's it's really good the acting is phenomenal again I mean I I think we all can assume it from like Matt McConaughey and Reese Witherspoon's like they they never they never underperform. I guess we could say. But also from the lead Ty, his character, um he actually brings a lot to the role, and especially in the scene where he's kind of like recently been heartbroken or he he just learns the brutal reality of like love in general. Um and he has like this really intense moment with Mudd's character, and in that moment, you really do see how great of an actor Ty is so overall, it's just really well acted. I really love like Mudd's character just because he's so he's so like cavalier, I guess, and he he gives off the same like rigid cold but still very like country-ish vibes of his character in True Detective which I don't remember which one came first I think True Detective came first before um Mud did just kind of like in release so I'm assuming that he did that role before he did Mud but you can see so much in like both of those characters if that makes sense like you see each other in those characters I don't know Like, I don't know if that's making sense. (laughs) Like, I don't know if I'm explaining it very well. But they both have the same, I guess, like essence to them, even though his character in True Detective is a lot more, um, etchier, I guess. So yeah, I love that performance from him. I love the overall acting. I love how, like, subdued of a drama it is because, like, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel overly dramatic. It doesn't feel like people um, playing into a role, but not even in, like, an artificial sense. Like, it it just, it feels like how normal people would react, especially since it is kind of highlighting a community of people that you don't really see a lot in film or, like, in TV shows. Um, So I think that, like, It's very believable, but the way that the drama is handled in the movie, again, is very, like, subdued. Like, it doesn't feel very crazy, and so when it does get crazy, it gets, like, really crazy, Um, but it kind of feels like everyone's living in, like, this woe-is-me type drama, you know? It's also very beautifully, like, directed And the general like setting and landscape of the entire film is gorgeous, especially since it is a bit grittier than, I don't know, like nature is kind of captured a lot of times. Like I just see when you think of like a sweeping, a sweeping shot of like some sort of landscape, it looks just very beautiful and serene. And the rest of the, you know, it looks kind of like a National Geographic documentary where it's like, Look at this beautiful, this beautiful Antarctic landscape or look at this beautiful Sahara desert um, horizon, you know, and it has that kind of beauty. But since it is the backdrop of this kind of like grittier, dirtier film naturally, I think that the way that they shoot it and the way that it's kind of staged within the movie is still very nice and it gives it like an extra edge, if that makes sense. So the lake, like the massive lake that they film on that mud mostly resides is like, it's magnificent. And especially in the final scene, when you see them riding off on a boat, it really like swallows you, I guess, for lack of a better word, um, in the overall setting, in the overall landscape which just makes it feel so much better. I don't know. I just think that it's just a really good movie. Like, honestly and truly, I think that it's a really good movie. It's very well acted. It's very beautifully shot. Um, But the story is extremely interesting to watch as well. And I feel like not a lot of people give it the credit it deserves. I don't. So I really enjoy Mud. Um, the next one is Seven Psychopaths, and I love this movie so much. <laughs> it is again, it is one of those movies where I don't know, comedy is very subjective, and of course, not a lot of people are gonna like it. How many times can I say that in these episodes? But it's true, and for me, this is one of those movies that I love so much because I feel like it gets my comedic sense perfectly you know I love a dark humor movie dark humor is is probably like my my favorite kind of comedy or humor in general and I feel like this movie does a really good job of capturing it it makes serious moments very funny but it also makes like such a bizarre and terrible storyline or plot just like so hilarious in a way that where you're like this like I should not be laughing at this because this is this could easily just be a drama and I guess this is what's so great about this movie is because the general storyline should be about like it should give off drama vibes you know but the way that they spin it makes it just like very comedic um first of all we love Sam Rockwell. We we stand Sam Rockwell in this house. We love him so much. Even though he be playing racist characters way too much. I need him to stop for my sanity. And for me to not feel like for me to not take it personally. I need him to stop. But regardless, we love Sam Rockwell in this household. Point blank period. And that is on Seven Psychopaths. And that is on Seven Psychopaths and that is on another movie I'm going to talk about, and that is on the last, or the three, last three billboards, whatever, that movie, I forgot its name, but we love Sam Rockwell, um, yeah, it does a great job of capturing dark humor, especially the, like, reenactment scene, where Sam's character is talking about, like, how he thinks, like, the shootout is gonna go, (laughs) it is just, like, it's so over the top, so dramatic, so unnecessarily gory, but in the most, like, perfectly hilarious way, and the reenactment scene, I think, is, like, the pinnacle of the movie's humor, but also, like, how it does dark humor and gore or just, like, heavier subjects well so we love that scene we also really love the scene where um Hans or Christopher Walken's character is one whenever he's talking to his wife but the scene right after you know what I'm saying or the scene right before you know what I'm saying is so sad so sad um but also, like the incorporation of everyone's story into like the main character's story, his script, but also like the story story, you know what I'm saying? I think that it's just genius. Again, like the idea is genius. And the way that they reveal all of these different characters, we absolutely love the symbolism, the connections, um, is just great. It really is. It's great. And I just, again, I feel like not a lot of people talk about this movie. I don't know if it actually, like, I don't know how many people have seen it. I just feel like it's one of those movies that so many people forget about. And I don't know why, because I love it. And I don't forget about the movie. I don't remember how I even like came across it. I know for Mud, I think it was on Redbox. And I was like, ooh, that looks interesting. And so I watched it on Redbox and I really liked it. I have no idea how I stumbled upon um, Seven Psychopaths. I don't know if it was something that was on like, it was on like cable that I came across. I know I didn't go to see it in theaters, I don't think it was something that I rented off red Redbox either. I feel like it had to have just been something I stumbled on. Because I feel like in any other context, like, I would be like, no, that doesn't sound good. You know? So, I'm glad that I stumbled upon it in whatever way I did. I love it so much. And I don't think a lot of people have seen it or appreciated it to the regard that they should. Honestly and truly. So, um, the next we're gonna be talking about uh this is one of the this is one of the underrated movies that I would be okay if someone argued like it's not that underrated but also I feel like it is hmm. I'm not really sure <laughs> and that is the movie The Fits I don't remember how I watched this either I think I saw it I found it on Amazon I don't know if it was recommended to me But I know that I watched it on Amazon and it was so good. Uh, And then I watched the commentary of it from the I think the director and the editor of the film on the Criterion channel. One, I never thought that I would ever like watch those commentary movie segments or whatever on the Criterion channel because I was like, why would I want to watch a movie that I've seen or I really like that I'm not watching the movie? Regardless, I actually did like it. It was really good. But yeah, I think that it is underrated, even though I have seen a lot more people come out and support this movie. I think in general, stories about black girls are underrated because, like, not a lot of people watch them and they should, but I guess that's just the reality of the situation. So, The Fits, it is one, it is such a great story. I think that it is so interesting. Um, and the way that they use, like, the way that they handle suspense or mystery in the film. It works so well, um, just in its effectiveness for the plot's sake, but also I feel like when it comes to maybe symbolizing something, um, I think that they just do a really good job at it. I also want to see more of the protagonist. Her name is Tony in the film, but she is played by Royalty Hightower, I think that she was fantastic in it and I want to see her in more roles. I want to see more black girls in more roles. I want to be able to like know, oh, I've seen her in like this movie and this movie and this movie and this show and this show and this show, you know, like I want her to be as big as like Zendaya is honestly and truly because she was so great in this movie, even though she is very um, she's very shy and to herself in this movie. I think that she still does a very good job of showcasing that, but also still showing a lot of the different emotions that she does in the film, if that makes sense. Um, so I really want to see more of her because I think she did a fantastic job and just more of, just more black girls, honestly, truly. But I, I, want to quickly talk about the the fits I guess or like what they call to be the fits um which I guess this will be kind of like a spoiler for the movie but well yeah it will be but it, the movie is about this girl named Tony, and she um she kind of At the start of the film, she just does like boxing with her brother as kind of like an after school activity, but they both are kind of passionate about it. And she finds out that in the same like rec center, there are girls that are a part of a dance team. And so she decides that she wants to be a part of that dance team. So she tries out for the dance team, she makes it and one by one, um, various girls on the dance teams start having seizures so they'll randomly be dancing and the girls will just start you know having a a seizure and it becomes almost like it's like no one knows what's going on but when each girl has a seizure right after um, she comes to she like becomes so much better at dancing and she essentially becomes like super popular because she is now a part of this group that has experienced the fits and kind of knows what it is and what it's like you know and so it becomes this thing where the girls that I've had that have experienced the fits um they kind of join this elite tier of dancers or of just girls in general and they become like highly favored for again knowing what it's like to experience that when nobody knows what's kind of going on if that makes sense and so tony as the story progresses and more and more girls are are having um the fits she it becomes something that she kind of yearns for and so in the end of the film she gets it And it kind of, it leaves off at a place where you are like, did she really have the fits? Like, does she really have a seizure? Or is this kind of like her performance, her pretending she did in order to join this kind of like elite group of girls that went through this together, you know? And I feel like it does that in that moment or... Through that process, in the end, I don't know. It does a really good job of kind of like symbolizing the fits for, I don't know, popularity, um, access to, you know, elite private spaces, I guess, even like not even necessarily in a very corporate or professional setting, but even in a more trivial setting as like a dance group, but just in general And the way that, you know, people perform or put on performances in order to join these groups, if that makes sense. I feel like I'm doing a terrible job of describing things today, but I really like how it becomes a sort of symbol for that. And it also becomes something that is cherished or is sought after in the end Because what happens at first is like, oh my gosh, this is really scary. These girls are having the fits. They're, you know, something's going around. We need to figure out what's going on. You know, it becomes kind of like a mystery. But then when these girls start popping back up and they are becoming better dancers and they are becoming more popular, people are gravitating towards them more because of this. You see Tony, you know... She she starts to become obsessed with dance, but she also starts to become obsessed with figuring out what it is and how she can kind of get it, you know? And so in the end, when she does, it, it's less of like a, we're so glad that it happened to her, but more so kind of like a, you know, like, did this really happen or were you just so inclined to be a part of this elite group that you know you might have forced it on yourself was it some sort of thing that you manifested onto yourself and I think that you know questioning that in the end is what makes the story so good and even visually the ending is so beautiful like um the dancers her performance and the song It's just so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And it's, yeah, like, it's just so captivating. So, I don't know. I think that it's such a, it's a really good movie. It's a really good story about a black girl. It approaches that story in a way that I don't think you would necessarily expect it to. Um, Because I think that, again, it just looks, from the surface, it seems like a story about a girl who just wants to join the dance team. Um, and then when the seizures start happening, you think that it's going to turn into like this crazy mystery story, this crazy suspense story. Is this something someone planned? Is this paranormal? But kind of like before you can get to that sort of deranged horror thinking, um, it draws you back to the drama or the reality of the situation. And then you start to question Tony because that's when she becomes obsessed with kind of trying to get the fits herself, you know? Um, But I think overall, it's just a really good story. It is probably technically, or, you know, critically, the best story out of this list. I don't know how, I don't know, productive that comparison is. But I guess that's what I mean to say, like, it's underrated, because I think it's one of those stories that is very critically acclaimed, but I don't think a lot of people have seen it. And that's why it's on my list, you know? So yeah, we love the fits. Um Yeah, it's just a really good story. I guess that's all I can say about it right now. So the next one that we're gonna be talking about very briefly, or you know, the next one on my list is The Way Way Back. And this is one of those movies that I think is underrated because not a lot of people care for it. It's not, like I said, it's not like The fits where it's highly acclaimed. um, And I just don't think the general public has seen it much. It's one of those movies that I don't think the general public have seen much of. But I don't think a lot of critics are too fond of it either. But I think it's great. I think it's great. I think it's just a really chill relax like summer film. I think it's one of those movies that like I really enjoy watching in the summertime because it just makes me feel fun. I feel the heat from the movie and it's not too... again it's that energy you know. The energy stays relatively high for the fact that it is again a drama. This is another We Stand Sam Rockwell we love his character in this film and he does a great job of being a mentor so he's a mentor in this film he's not the crazy best friend in this film he is a bit unhinged yes but he is also kind of like a mentor and makes the main character kind of step outside of his shell a bit um this is also an underrated Steve Carell performance this is probably the one of the only performances that you will watch with Steve Carell where you're like, I do not like him. Like I do not like his character besides, I guess the office, but I think that's different. (laughs) Um, he is like, just genuinely not a good person in this movie. And I don't think we get a lot of that, you know, it really shows the versatility of our, of our fave Steve Carell. But Again, this is one of those things where it's a lot more star-studded than you would expect a really small indie film to be, which again makes me kind of place it as like an underrated movie because like with Mud, you have so many big characters in this film, you actually have more big characters in this film than you do in Mud, So you think that like their fan base or general audiences would want to see this movie because of those big names like because of Steve Carell you would think that a lot more people would want to see it but surprisingly I don't think a lot of people have and that's why I think again it's underrated um it's a great coming of age story it is one I guess um, I guess it is one of those coming of age stories that aren't initially um, what would you say? They're not kick started with trauma. Thank God for that. Thank God for that in this movie. But there are not like moments of trauma, but like, you know, obviously this is a drama, so there are traumatic moments. Um, but again, it's generally a pretty, um, lighthearted film. It is uplifting in a sense for at least our main character and I think it has a lot of heart to it at the end of the day I think even though um, some people might think that it's like cheap quick laughs some people might not think that it's the best like it's the best directed film out there and I would definitely agree with them but I still think that again at its core it has a lot of heart I think it's just very nice. Um, I don't really have much to say about it. A lot of these movies I love so much just because I do. (laughs) And I watch them so often. Um, They're just movies that I like to go back to. But a lot of the reason why I don't understand why they're underrated is not really because... They have a lot of standout moments, but more so of they're just movies that I've gravitated to really love. Besides, I guess the fits again. I think that that is one of those movies where like objectively you really cannot say that like it's not good. And the only reason why it's underrated is because I just don't think a lot of people have paid attention to it as they should. So um, yeah, The Way Way Back. It's a fun summer film. I don't like I really don't know what else to say. It's a fun summer film. It it'd be fun. It'd be cute. It's it's a cute little ride for the time being. And I think when it ends, you feel like you just watch like a nice little summer rom com coming of age film, you know? So that's really all I have to say. Um the next one um on my list is I guess, a bit strange. And I would say that it is underrated because it is a bit strange. And that is Swiss Army Man. I feel like, again, not a lot of people have seen it, but also a lot of people that I know have seen it. They are so taken aback by how weird of a concept it is that they kind of let that overshadow their opinions on it, if if that makes sense, you know? So a lot of people, I feel like they are just kind of like, oh my gosh, it's weird. And I don't know if I liked it because it was so weird. But again, I feel like it has a lot of heart at its core. And I feel like it has also a lot to say through its silly story. Which I think is why I, I again, consider it to be a bit underrated is because I feel like it has a lot to say and people just get blindsided by the crazy story that it says everything through, if that makes sense. Um, So yeah, Swiss Army Man, it's about a man who gets stranded on an island and in his final moments of life, he finds a corpse that washed up on the shore and essentially in trying to investigate what happened he finds out that the corpse is not dead kind of he is partially alive and through that they go through this experience where he's trying to identify find and be united, I guess, with this woman that he's fallen in love with. The synopsis makes no sense because the story is super crazy, but it's still good, you know what I'm saying? So I I don't know. I wrote about this a while ago, like when I first saw it um on my website about how one I do not believe it to be completely a comedy. I believe it to be more so of a drama that relies on comedic moments or kind of has this comedic undertone with the general synopsis of the film itself. But I do not believe it to be a comedy because I think that it talks about and brings up not necessarily a lot of serious or deep subjects, but I think it gives you unique perspective of like social taboos or societal norms you know and because a lot of the film relies on the bodily functions of the half corpse man um, which is played by Daniel Radcliffe and so he's able to do a lot of things with his body that rely on like taboos with just in like bodily production I guess I don't know how to say it or it's kind of just brought up in a way (sighs) I'm trying not to like explain to you the like everything that's going on in the movie because I know that like you will just be lost by the concept of the film but in return me not talking about it in depth It makes everything so much harder to speak on. But yes, I think that it is very interesting in how it brings up, again, um, societal norms versus like taboos. And in a way, they try to analyze and reconstruct what we society considers to be like taboo or forbidden or something that you shouldn't talk about when it comes to your body you know so I guess like some examples um in my review I talked about what they use Daniel Radcliffe's penis as a compass they use his gag reflexes to shoot things so like as a gun as an arrow just anything that kind of rings and ricochets um forward and again like it it sounds crazy but in those moments it forces you to like rethink like oh my gosh we consider x y and z to be so taboo um and so like forbidden to talk about or to do why and not necessarily that like it makes you think that, oh, like, yeah, I should be farting in public and, like, should not be ashamed of it, you know? But in the way where it just, it makes you stop and think about it. And you're like, oh, yeah, I guess, like, if you sit and think about it, it might seem kind of strange that we shame people for doing this thing or we don't like to talk about doing this thing that everybody does because... It's just a byproduct of the functions of our body. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like it's underrated because not a lot of people sit to think about some of the questions that it asks or they don't find that sort of critique or analysis in the film. You know, they just kind of get blindsided by the fact that it's a strange movie nonetheless. And like, while that is true, Again, I think it has a lot of heart and a lot of value um, and discussion in the film itself because of kind of like the general subject matter that it brings up, you know? I feel like it's not a surface level film, even though what is on the surface and underneath the surface might seem, you know, a bit comical or trivial to think about, you know, if that makes sense. So I don't know. I think that it's still a really good film. Um, and I like the things that it questions. I also think that it is an underrated performance for Daniel Radcliffe. Um, everybody will forever know him from Harry Potter and like, that's fine, whatever. Okay. But I think post Harry Potter, not a lot of people remember him from Swiss Army Man, but I think it is one of his best or better performances post Harry Potter you know because I feel like he's done a lot of just rom-coms which so many people downplay rom-coms yes but I also don't think that the rom-coms he's been doing are that legendary so I think that you know again despite the silliness of this film I think it was a really good performance from him especially but also from Paul Dano I think that's his name So the next movie that we're going to be quickly talking about is Columbus. Columbus to me I think is kind of like I see it in the same way that I see I guess the fits when it comes to talking about underrated films in that I think that it's very highly acclaimed. I just feel like not a lot of people watch it um, or have seen it. I think that It will be like one of those movies that people say is like boring or not enough stuff happened in it. Um, But I think that it still is just a really good and interesting film, at least for me. Um, It's so, it's such a calming film and like it's calming in a sense where, I don't know, it gives me like movies you watch when it's raining outside energy, not necessarily like movies you watch on like a warm summer day, you know, if you can channel that energy. Um, so it's not one of those films that leave me necessarily uplifted. Like I would say the incredible Jessica James or 20th century women, you know, they gave me very much like summer vibes. And this one gives me kind of like fall or just like a rainy day, summer vibes. Um, But I feel like it's still it's very calming in that way. Um because yeah, not not a lot of stuff happens necessarily in the fact that there's no big fight scene, no big blowout, you know, it's not something crazy or action packed. Um, but I think that it does a really good job of like analyzing characters and also exploring healing um, through a very interesting lens. I love the whole aspect of like architecture. I really enjoy movies that have main characters that are interested in something that people don't usually make movies about, you know? Like I really liked Uncorked on Netflix because I have, I haven't personally seen a movie that explores like becoming a sommelier or like explores an interest in wine to the degree of like a passion, you know, something that I think a lot of people would not find interesting or they would find generally mundane, um, in, you know, when it comes to making a film about it. And so when people explore, the more mundane topics. Um, I think that it also leads to a lot of interesting storytelling and I really enjoy the exploration of like architecture in this film because a lot of the buildings or sculptures, architectural sculptures or just like monuments that they talk about in the film, they're generally just really brit they're generally just really pretty. And I think that, again, it's interesting to look at how people find interest in, in them. Like it's really interesting when Casey talks about um, like her love for these buildings or how these buildings are built and, you know, like what the meaning or the symbolism is behind the architecture of the buildings or what purpose they served um, when they're being built, you know? Because I feel like architecture like wine or the creation of wine, most people do not see it in any sort of analytical way. People are just like, oh, I like this wine because it tastes good, you know? Or they're like, this is a mall. This is a mall, this is a mall because I shop here. And not necessarily like this bank, looks the way that it does or this bank makes me feel the way that it does because the architect designed this bank to elude this sort of energy or to perform this sort of function outside of what it just does, if that makes sense, you know? So I really like the exploration of architecture, but also the way that the story kind of uses architecture as a backbone to explore characters and to I feel like heal because also a main part of the story is the two main characters Casey and Jen um they kind of gravitate towards each other because they're dealing with these complicated relationships with their parents. Casey's mother is a former drug addict and at some points in the movie she questions if her mother is continuing like is still doing drugs um and Jen has always had an estranged relationship with his father who is a like world-renowned architect and his father falls ill which is why he kind of comes back to um the city they're in and so you see them kind of get to know each other in general and you also see them um, get to know each other but also like understand each other better through their own personal trauma what they have with their parents I also really like their relationship Casey and Jen's relationship it's like I don't know I enjoy their relationship in the fact that it dips into that kind of romantic side or at least it gives off that feeling but it never actually goes there and it is kind of brought up Um, when the, like, when Jen's, I don't know exactly what her relationship is. She's like his father's like assistant or something like that. Like very close assistant. Um, but she kind of is like, you know, you like her, you like Casey. And he's like, no, like, she's like way too young for me or whatever. Um, and I don't know. It never, like, you... The energy's there, and I feel like people naturally yearn for that relationship to come into reality. But in the end, when it doesn't, I think it's much more satisfying. You know, I think it's much more satisfying, and it becomes more heartfelt that they have created this um, platonic, but very deep and caring love for each other. Um, but you know, they never become romantically invested. Um, so yeah, I think it's just a really good film and it's so beautifully shot and edited. It's, uh, it's so, yeah, it's so beautifully shot and edited. The way that the architecture is incorporated is magnificent. And I think it, again, just makes for a much more beautiful film, not even in message, but just like visually um so yeah it's just a really good movie I don't know like I feel like not a lot of people watch it because again people won't find it that interesting they might find it boring because not a lot of stuff happens but I think that it is genuinely a good movie um I really want to see more from Koganada because like that like that was just one of the best like debut films that I have seen from someone debuting a film you know and so I really want to see more from him but I think that's all I have to say really um those are my those are some of my underrated films again I don't have a lot to necessarily dissect from them just because some of them I think are just really good movies like they're just movies that I've grown to love that I feel like I don't hear a lot of people talking about um, in general. Some of them are a bit older, so I guess that makes sense. But even during the time that I found out about them, I didn't hear a lot of talk about them. Some of them are, are critically acclaimed. So I guess people that are more interested in film watching um, probably know about them. But to the general public, I feel like they don't. And some of them people just don't really like that well. Some some of these movies are not critically acclaimed and are not watched by a lot of people. And I think that's fine. I just would like people to do better. I want you to watch these movies. So if you are interested in watching any of these movies, um definitely go ahead. I... Do not know the whereabouts of The Way Way Back. I'm like 99.9% sure it's not on any platform. I like it was something I was trying to find for the longest time. And I actually stumbled across two copies of it at Half Price Bookstore. And so like that's how I watch it now. Um, So if you wanted to watch The Way Way Back... Uh, unless you rent it online I don't know if you'll be able to watch it on any sort of streaming platform the same goes for seven psychopaths because I feel like those are two movies that came out a while ago that not a lot of people have seen and so not a lot of people have put it on their platforms um mud is on netflix swiss army man is on netflix Columbus and the Fits I know for sure, are on the Criterion channel. I'm really mad that Columbus is on the Criterion channel, more so because when it got taken off of Hulu, I immediately went and bought the DVD of it, because I thought it was getting taken off forever, and then I saw it on the Criterion channel, so, like, I'm just irritating myself that I spent money unnecessarily, but it is on the Criterion channel. The same as The Fits. Um, But The Fits is also on Amazon. So if you have Prime, you can watch The Fits. You can't watch Columbus on Hulu anymore because it's not there. But with that being said, my sick flick of the week or my sick flicks of the week um, based on this episode are going to be Mud and The Fits. Mud, maybe Swiss Army Man and The Fits. Definitely The Fits. So again, The fits you can find it on the Criterion channel. They have some other um, content related to it. Like I said, I watched the commentary on it and it was really good and really insightful on the general production of the film and also where a lot of like ideas and symbolism comes. But just the movie itself is on the Criterion channel or it's on Amazon. Mine and Swiss Army Man are, on, are both on Netflix, but I really encourage you to watch mine. I really encourage you to watch The Fits, and I really encourage you to watch mine. I think that those are going to be two genuinely good movies that you will enjoy. Um, and you will also come to understand like the, the tomfoolery in the fact that these are underrated films. You and I will be like, you're right, it makes no sense that not enough people are talking about it. So with that being said, that's really all I have for this episode. Um, Next week is going to kind of be in the same vein as this week. I don't have anything for you to watch in preparation for next week. It's going to be a pretty chill week um, as well. So yeah, peace out, Girl Scout.